Apologies for the throat lozenge. In week four of this illness, I'm almost done, but there are still some things hanging on. It'll be gone soon and I'll be clearer. So that's the doctrine of the Trinity. Paul saying goodbye. May God be with you. And that's the Trinity. And that's how we come to it. And that's how we go from it. Now, of course, there are many other things that play into this. The Holy Spirit is mentioned in other places. You know, God and Jesus are there as we try to understand what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross meant. But this is the sort of introduction, the formulaic understanding of the Holy Spirit. And I sort of wonder what Paul was thinking when he said it. I don't know. Uh, Paul was a person who had a lot of different ideas, certainly a lot of different and some novel theological understandings, but he speaks at a real truth here, which is that the idea of creator God is not enough for us. And we understand Jesus' death and resurrection and the importance of God with us, Emmanuel. And so that's important too. But then we know too in the story of the Pentecost and in our lives as well, that there's a continuing presence in our lives that goes with us and renews us. And that's the Holy Spirit. But we don't understand really how that all works together. Three in one, one in three, triune God. Now, a lot of Muslim apologists will point out this is illogical. They sometimes accuse Christians of polytheism because of this three in one business. They recognize that Jesus was a great prophet, but say, no, God could not have died on a cross. And if Jesus was God, what about God? How does that make sense? And so we don't understand it. And so I think we should go back to the beginning. Now, when we had the call to worship today, we had familiar words that we all know from Genesis, right? How did it start? How does Genesis start? In the beginning. Who was paying attention when Laura was reading? What words did she not begin with? In the beginning. That's right. If you look in your bulletin again, the way the Common English Bible translates it is, when God began to create. Now, not every time that I pick a different translation do I do it with an intentionality like we had today. Sometimes I like the wording better. Sometimes I think, in general, it gets at the uh, movement I'm getting at more. Sometimes I think the New Revised Standard Version is just a little bit too dense and churchy. But this time, there was a specific reason, and it's this. The story goes, when the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible Committee, now the NRSV is what we sort of use most of the time in this church, when the NRSV Committee got together to translate the Bible, uh, the people in Genesis came to a conclusion, because there's a committee of people consulting on what Genesis should be, on how you should translate this from the Hebrew, the committee agreed, we need to start when God began creating, because that's what the Hebrew says. So they submitted their draft of Genesis to the general editor and eagerly awaited the new edition of the New Revised Standard Version, which they got, and they opened up, and hey, in the beginning was back again, despite it not being the accurate translation of the Hebrew. Well, Common English Bible decided to just do away with all of that and start not with the language we were used to from the King James Version, you know, one of the reasons that it was left in the New Revised Standard Version was these great liturgies. In the beginning, carries such weight. And it's such a lovely thing to start a service with. It's such a lovely thing to 
chant over and over again. It's such a lovely thing to repeat, as the writer of today's call to worship did. It is a nice thing. But we miss certain elements of truth when we say that. The Common English Bible, by translating the Hebrew, gives us was a 
pray that we stop asking questions, that too many people have gone to the Bible to answer all of the questions that, they, that we have about creation, about history, about science, about how we live our lives, and that they think that there's no room in some of that Christianity to ask questions. And so they want to do an amazing public thing on this TV show to encourage people to think, ask new questions, new questions, be inspired by the desire to explore. But it means sometimes it's a broad brush. This is definitely their goal. And if you know anything about sort of science and religion and conflicts, you can tell this in the show. Because last week, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, well, the great thing about science is that there's no pressure to have all the answers. It's just about the questions. And for the seven of you who saw the Facebook post that I made contemporaneously, because Facebook's algorithms are increasingly thwarting us our attempts to communicate, you would see that I had questions about that. Because we have this creation. And we understand that the creation Questions off of one another to understand even God appears in different ways. 
And I can explain to you why I think the Trinity means and the roles I think the Trinity plays and how it all works. But the important thing that we discover here is that we need to explore. It's not there alone. It is not plain language. And for those of you who have been hearing us talking about this very progressive Christian theology, this is where we start. This is what beginning of progressive Christian theology is. It's understanding the Bible is not clear. It's understanding that the Bible, the meaning of the Bible, exists in community. But also understanding that even if we don't understand how it is, that doesn't make it not true. The truth is different than facts. Church. Sure. 